If you're a real estate agent and you're tired of cold calling, door knocking, and spending money on ads, then subscribe to this podcast. We discuss leveraging the power of YouTube for your real estate business and how these strategies earned us over $1 million in GCI our first year in real estate. My name is Levi Lassick and my partner is Travis Plum. Let's get started. Uh, let me introduce Andy uh, real quick and then I'll let him throw in anything I might have left out. So uh, <laughs> I want to say Andy is uh, one of my first questions is really, is how, did, how did you become so cool, Andy? Uh, that's that's really the, the first question. It's probably the coolest guy on YouTube. Um, <laughs> just got the look, got the swag, uh, got the cool videos. And but his YouTube channel. Yeah, he, I, I, I'm curious to see because I know he does a lot on Instagram as well. So I think this is a, a great um, comparison or a discussion on the differences between YouTube and Instagram. Hopefully there's some some good insights he has from both platforms. But of course, I'm attracted to the YouTube videos. Uh, and so, yeah, he just makes uh, really great videos, does vlog tours, uh, does yeah. Uh, really great video. I'm more of like selfie style. Uh, Andy appears to have a videographer or a floating camera that follows him around one or the other. So we'll kind of get his take on that and how that works out for him. But uh, his YouTube channel over 617,000 views. And, and that's a lot. So we'll get um, kind of when let's see, when did you start that you started that? Uh, you started that right in last year as well. So last year, April 20. Uh, 21st, 2020 is when he started his channel right in the middle of, of lockdown. So great time to get out and about. Right. And so um, anyways, but anyways, he's got a cool swag. I know he loves uh, bourbon. I believe bourbon is the choice of drink. And that's, this is the things we talk about as well, as far as incorporating, you know, things you like or things are about yourself or about your personality, but not necessarily making the whole video about that. So you understand these types of quirks. Of course, he's got a really cool pin, uh, pinstripe suit as well. You can see in his picture, uh, I think probably his signature on top of that. So Andy, uh, would you like to briefly introduce, introduce yourself and we'll pass the mic, uh, mic to Matt, let him introduce himself and then we'll kick this off. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the intro. Um, you were pretty spot on with a lot of that stuff. And I, I, I don't know how I became so cool. I guess probably because I was a loser all of my life growing up. So maybe that's why I had a lot of time to like prepare for this. And so, but really, I mean, I, I got super intentional with social media after getting into residential real estate because I just figured this was essentially my digital billboard. And where were most of my clients? They were sitting at a desk, sitting at their jobs, scrolling Instagram, scrolling Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, all that kind of stuff while they're quote unquote working. And so I figured that was a great way to go ahead and get in front of all these people. Um, and then kind of doubled down in April of 2020 when COVID started, because basically, I mean, for a lot of us, business was still <clears throat> moving forward at a pretty quick pace. And so it was like, well, what can I spend money on since usually meals are my biggest expense? Uh, and a couple of people had basically said, why don't you start doing videos? And so instead of spending all that money going out on dinners and drinks and all that kind of stuff, because I love doing that, <clears throat> I started spending a lot of that money on hiring a video company and starting to put together videos and ads and all that kind of stuff. So I really got intentional with that. And then, I mean, um, <clears throat> I work a lot with Ryan Serhan's whoa, my voice just cracked like crazy. Uh, Ryan Serhant and some of his team, 
through his community. And basically <clears throat> when I met with him in September of 2020, he was like, dude, you're going to become obsessed with doing this. And he was not wrong because once you start seeing some success from it, it becomes addicting. And so posting these videos and dropping little nuggets and talking to different people about different <clears throat> ideas for videos, collaborating with friends, talking about different parts of the city. I mean, all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's fun to do. And if you come from a place of authenticity, when you're doing this stuff, it translates on camera and it makes it so much more fun to actually film these videos and post the videos and all that kind of stuff. So I, like you said, I use a videographer. Um, <clears throat> to me, I don't know enough about how all the different equipment works and I don't have time to learn how to edit and all that kind of stuff. So it's worth spending a little bit more money because I feel like you get what you pay for and I'm spending a lot, but it also is coming out very nice and crisp and clean and it's bringing a lot of clients in. And so <clears throat> it's well worth it because I don't have the time or I don't want to take the time to be able to learn how to do all of that stuff. I figured my time was better spent talking to people and being in front of people. And that means that I'll do a couple brainstorming calls that are 30 to 60 minutes before we film. We put together a full timeline for the day, which the video company helps me set up. <clears throat> and then when we go to film, I have an idea of where we're going to be, when we're going to be there, how long we're going to be there, what I'm going to talk about while we're there, if we're taking a thumbnail picture while we're there, if we're filming the teaser video when we're there, everything. <clears throat> and so when they show up to my my house, like I, I know exactly where we're about to go and what we're going to talk about, and it's off to the races for the day. So it's a long process, but it's also we try and knock it all out in one day. And so basically we film eight or nine videos each time I film with them. So hopefully that's like a decent little intro and I might pass it over to Matt. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks uh, Andy for being here too and, and sharing all your wisdom and knowledge about this stuff. Cause I think, you know, every time we get to spotlight someone, I think it's always interesting uh, to hear their perspective on it. And I always take something away from this room. So I appreciate you taking the time to be here. I actually do have, uh, so I'm Matt LaMarche in Atlanta. I do have two questions for you. And this, I'm super bummed that I didn't even think to ask these <laughs> when I interviewed you a couple weeks ago. But uh, in the context of this room, I think it will definitely help out. The first is, um, I'm curious about, you know, your business prior to doing video. Um, obviously we all start out with zero subscribers. So talk to us a little bit about what your business looked like before you started doing consistent video, especially at a higher level. Cause I think a lot of people start out doing a lot of this stuff themselves and then eventually hire a videographer and a photographer to create more media. But talk to us a little bit about the business before and then after. And then the second piece to that too, is at what point did you, because I know everyone's going to get to this point at a different time in their, in their real estate career, but Talk to us a little bit about the timing and hiring, you know, a production team, a videographer to kind of take your content to the next level, if you wouldn't mind. For sure. So um, my business before hiring the video team was mainly referrals and Instagram, like social media. And so I started doing video in 2020. Um in 2020, I did about 22 million in sales. <clears throat> it was like 60 deals. 
And in 2019, so I, I got into real estate in 2017. I was on a team in 2017 and 2018. And literally three years ago, like to this day was when I left the team. So 2019 was my first year on my own. I did about 12 million in sales and I think it was like 38 deals. <clears throat> so it was starting to ramp up a little bit because that was my first year by myself. And then I could feel things really starting to pick up at the beginning of 2020. And then obviously with COVID, that changed things pretty quickly. But I was always really buyer heavy because Charlotte's such a young city and it, it's a lot of people moving here. So <clears throat> it's a lot of buyers. And I mean, literally the week of the shutdown or the shelter in place, um, I got eight buyers under contract. And so it was very buyer heavy. And I figured the video stuff could also not only help keep me in front of buyers, but potentially get me some more sellers because I needed another organic way to try and get more listings and more sellers. And <clears throat> it's starting to really pay off right now because I have people who are literally reaching out to me and some deals that I'm putting together. I mean, I just signed my first new construction development deal. Uh, it's five luxury homes in Charlotte. And I actually filmed about it last week and we're getting re ready to release the first two. Um, literally got that because of my Instagram and YouTube and everything. Cause that developer knows a ton of realtors in Charlotte, <clears throat> but reached out to me because of my video presence. And what's funny is the guy who he even bought the land from is a realtor and got really pissed at him because he said that he could do video. And my seller was like, no, I'm going to use this guy. And so it's a huge value add and value proposition to sellers right now, especially as things are going more and more digital. And while people are sitting at home, it's like, well, this is a great opportunity to stay in front of them. Um, and then <clears throat> the second question, the timing for hiring them. I mean, it kind of worked out well. I kind of lucked my way into it. Um, a good friend of mine is the one that owns that video company. And he's always kind of been trying to push people to do their monthly package and it's expensive. And so a lot of people kind of shied away from it. They'd rather do like a listing walkthrough video or one video here, or a quick spotlight video there or whatever, or like an agent profile or testimonial, things like that. And so I basically went to my friend and was like, Hey dude, I'm willing to do something big if you are. And so they put together this package for me and <clears throat> we kind of both took a risk on each other. I mean, I took a risk on them. I had no idea what to really expect. And they took a risk on me because they had no idea how much time it was going to take them to really help me. Um, but it's benefited both of us, both of our businesses, because uh, at least locally here in Charlotte, they've gotten tons of new clients because of my videos They've gotten clients from other cities in North Carolina. They've gotten clients in Georgia because people are watching some of my videos and it's allowed them to really uh, focus and dial in on who they want to work with and how they want to build their business as well. And it's obviously helped me because we're, that's why I'm standing here sitting up here right now talking about this with you guys because the YouTube stuff has just exploded since then. Awesome. That's uh, that's awesome. That that's great insight. I will tell you this right now, Matt. Did that kind of did that answer your questions? Did you have a follow up to that? 
Yeah, no, 100%. I just think, you know, a lot of people start out on their own and, and there's this inflection point, right? And it's either time or money. <laughs> For most of us, I think that we get to the point where we don't have any more time to edit videos or we, we don't have enough time to create, you know, the amount of content that we want to. So I think, you know, bridging the gap between that time and money discussion and then, you know, staying on staying on our content game, I think is really important. So yeah, I think that was super helpful. So I got a couple of questions in there, Andy, I'd love to ask. Uh, number one, you mentioned about not eating out as much to shift some of that budget. So let me ask you this. Could you tell me off the top of your head, maybe a percentage wise, what you were able to cover um, of your videography budget just by basically eating less fancy dinners or drinking one less bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> It was actually, it wasn't necessarily by choice. It was because with the shelter in place, like no one was going anywhere. Oh, okay. I got you. But <clears throat> I, okay. Well then still, but the, I think the point is, is that I, I guess what I wanted to drive home was, is that, you know, we got to find a way. Right. And so right. I think where a lot of people, a lot of people struggle is marketing is tough. It's tough to spend money on marketing. Why? Because most marketers will tell you, well, you have to be consistent with marketing. Well, when you're paying for that and you have a limited budget, you could spend one, two or $3,000 in a month very easily. And it could also not return you anything. And right. most of the time when you're working with that marketer, they'll tell you, well, you need to do it one more month or one more month, or you have to stay very consistent. And after you spend a couple of grand in marketing with no return, you get extremely gun shy. You know, it's kind of like, oh, oh my good. You start really evaluating what's going to be the best return. And so plus that marketing budget can fluctuate, you know, and go back and forth. Uh, you know, it could be 2000 this month. It could be 1000 next month. It also just depends on what your needs are, what you're trying to generate, or maybe what income you have available to spend on marketing as to where, um, if we shift budget around, just kind of like Andy said, okay, well, here's, here's some things I can change or things I'm not doing anymore. And so can we evaluate our own, uh, our own situation, our own business? Is there an area where we can make room? Because I know the most successful people that I know never said, uh, I can't do that or that's not possible. They always say, how is it possible? Um, how can I do that? How can I make this work? And that's something I've always, if I wanted to buy something or invest in something, that's, I'm always looking for the solution. How do I make this work? How do I make the adjustment? And so that I think is um, really critical. Now uh, to your other point, sound, you worked with a, a crew, it sound, you had a relationship with them and it looks like you're doing some sort of, some sort of co-marketing co with them so they're generating business on their own as well. And this is something I would encourage, but also ask people to think about what is your main goal? Now, this is something like Andy, and we'll, I want to dig into this a little bit more with you, Andy, on how this is structured, if you don't mind sharing. But ultimately, if you have a production company or a videography company, this is where that conversation comes into play as far as, okay, well, can you afford them or can you not afford them? And, and if you can't afford them, is there an opportunity for co-marketing? Now you have to work with somebody that's going to have a vision like you that says, hey, we know that video, YouTube um, in particular, Instagram doesn't pay a lot in the beginning. It actually will pay you pretty much nothing in the beginning, but that's why you have to stay focused and consistent on it. Now, depending on what you're doing, it can also not cost you a lot in the beginning. So, 
if you're going to partner with a company, um, now like for us, when we decided to hire a videographer, this was after the fact, I don't, you don't have to start out with one. Um, but when we decided to hire one, we decided to hire one full time because we did not want him co-marketing. We did not want him to bring on other clients, you know, because we did not want him to be distracted with that. Now that's different if you're working with a production company and they have expansion and room to grow. It sounds like Andy's maybe, if they're bringing on more clients, it sounds like they may have a team in place, but this is where you have the opportunity. At the end of your videos or in the description or at the beginning of the videos, you can co-brand with this production company, is that worth it for them, for them to get the exposure, for them to get additional business, or is it a solo person that you want to work with and you want all of their time? So it's kind of understanding that relationship and how that's best beneficial for both parties can really get you in a position to where if you don't have a lot of money at the time, maybe there is an opportunity for partnership, but you both have to be very clear on the vision and also need to benefit in, in you know, a mutual way. So Andy, or it sounds like you, the the crew you're working with has a team in place that clearly they're bringing on their clients. So did you negotiate like a reduced rate in the beginning, kind of like so you could co-market? Could you kind of dig into that a little bit more? Yeah. So they have like an operations manager, and that's kind of who I I do my um, brainstorming calls with, and timeline and storyboard calls. And then when we actually go out and film, I've got two videographers that come out. Um, one who manages audio and gets secondary video and then the other one who is primarily shooting and then and then what they also have like some people behind the scenes who help me with putting together my cover photos and some of those kinds of things and so they have probably five videographers maybe a couple more so they're working with a lot of clients around this city and they're out on shoots like every day doing different things with different realtors um and it, it's just been helpful for me because like i think matt was saying it's like it's time or money like which one's more important for me <clears throat> at this point my time is more important so i'd rather pay a little bit more and have these people this full team who can help me out with everything and so when i got started i mean i was the first person that was doing something like this i think they the package that I was doing when I first started was basically two long form videos and two teasers. So two short form videos and two long form videos, um, every month. And I think that they were charging like 2,500 to three grand a month for that. And I was paying like 1500 bucks a month. So I got a nice little discount. That's for sure. <clears throat> and now I've added in some more different parts to the package. And it's, so it's a little bit more expensive and probably, about a thousand dollars a month more now. And so, but I think that, I mean, I'm probably getting $4,000 worth of value every month just from video production. And these guys are, I mean, you see the videos they're they are really good. And the key too is finding people that you actually like working with because I've even noticed sometimes when they put like a different, like a new videographer on a shoot with me one day, like sometimes the vibe is off a little bit because we don't really, we're all kind of trying to feel each other out still. And so once we got comfortable filming together and like they got comfortable with my style on camera and I got comfortable with their filming process, it's like we were able to really run full speed ahead. Um, <clears throat> hopefully that kind of answers your question now. 
Yeah. So did, did you end up, I mean, you got a little bit of a discount. Was that because you know the operations manager or did you kind of, uh, did you talk to them about them getting exposure? Do they brand their production company? Do you brand them in your description on the videos? Um, got the discount just because I was like one of the first people to sign up with them. And because the owner of the company is a good friend of mine. And I mean, I don't like being the guy that tries to push for like the influencer discounts because a lot of people try and do that, especially here in Charlotte. And it's like, you know, you can tell that, <clears throat> that they're buying their followers and they have 10,000 followers and they get 30 likes on a picture. So it's like, you're not a fucking influencer. You just bought that. And so when people try and go for those discounts, like these guys were, they're smart enough to look through their pages and see like, oh, they're not actually they're not really doing much. They just want a discount. They want the, you know, the, the gift card or the coupon and whatever. And so it, <clears throat> I tried not to do that, but what happened unintentionally was that because I started posting all these videos all the time, all the agents in Charlotte started kind of turning their head a little bit and going, Oh, this is pretty cool. Who does that for you? And I'm like, Oh, it's Roosterfish. That's the comp- name of the company. And they get new leads every single week sometimes every day because it's like people are watching what what i'm putting out and some of the different videos that we're doing and they realize that maybe they would be good for their business um but what obviously also then happens is a lot of people get filtered out because they think it's a good idea then they figure out how much it costs and then they're out or they think it's a good idea they figure out how much it costs and then they do a couple videos and the filming process took a little bit longer than they liked or they just got busy and it became less of a priority for them. Like whatever it is, people fall off all the time, but that's where these guys, they also like me because they know that even though I'm not necessarily putting on here, like here's a collaboration of Andy G and Roosterfish. It's like people know that Roosterfish is doing my videos. Cause I also tag them in it, but then enough people will just DM me if they really want to know who's doing it and they can figure it out that way. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it still drives home the point though, that, you know, getting started, if you are really need to be creative, there's definitely ways to do that. Connections. uh, What I heard from Andy was connections that definitely helps, but also what he mentioned was they were a newer company in the beginning. So you do have the opportunity if there is a new company, maybe you look up on Google in your local area for video videographers or a video filming company, and they have little or no reviews. Just because they have little or no reviews doesn't mean they're not any good. Maybe they don't have as many clients. Maybe they're willing to work a deal. Maybe they're willing to charge a little bit less, you know, for being one of their first customers. Or again, discussing the vision with them about what this can grow into and those opportunities and you know using examples like well i know of other real estate agents that you know have uh you know it's a little slow going in the beginning but ultimately there it generates more business on the back end which is a a hundred percent you know true on that aspect but also we've talked about do you have a local college near you and is there opportunity for internships especially with the you know filming 
uh, you know, the film and, and design or whatever, um, whatever you call it there in the, the, um, in the, in the college there, you know, at the local college, is there opportunity? And, and as far as I know, internships usually just require you, if you have a physical office, then you can apply for internship programs and maybe work with some, some, uh, aspiring, um, you know, videographers that way. So there's definitely different ways to do that. Um, also selfie style. I mean, I started out filming. I mean, I still do it myself, everything myself with an iPhone, on a selfie stick. So it just depends on what look you're going for and what style. Now, again, when we started and moved into luxury, I knew that was a completely different look. And so uh, the selfie style wasn't going to cut it for that. And that's when we decided to invest in the videographer. So that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, let's go. I was going hey, to yep. chime in real quick too on something you said, because I like totally had a big brain fart moment until recently um i was talking to some friends about traveling around a little bit more and trying to shoot video when i'm traveling for different things and <clears throat> for some reason just always figured well if i can't bring my video team then i don't know how i'll film and i've always told people that if you want a cheaper way to film like and you're near like a college bring in some kind of college kid because they're not going to charge the same rates as some of these professionals who quite frankly, have real bills to pay. And so uh, when I was talking to a buddy of mine, I was talking about how I go up to Virginia Tech, which is like, it's about two and a half hours from Charlotte. And that's where I went to college. And I go up there and I teach a real estate class once a year and always wish that I could have brought my video crew. And my friend was like, why don't you just ask a kid that goes to the school there to, who wants to work on a film project and you can pay him. And I was basically like, holy shit, I can't believe I didn't think of that because I tell people all the time to talk to these college kids, but I didn't even use it myself. And so even that's one thing I want to get more intentional with this year is like when I travel, when I go different places where roosterfish may not be able to come with me, I <clears throat> can at least still try and hire someone to get some kind of video. Yeah, co-marketing co opportunities. You may find college kids that that are willing to do it for free just to build their portfolio, just to get the practice. And as long as it's decent, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, I mean, this is how we got our luxury builders, you know, for the luxury channel is we approach them with this is a co-marketing opportunity that you pay absolutely nothing for. We're taking on 100% of the cost. We're, you know, providing the videography. We're um, showcasing the the home, you know, we'll basically do just just give us access. That's all you need to do. Open up the door, let us in. And, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, we've had a couple of builders jump on that. I actually cold called a third builder on Friday just walked in, but now I had something to actually show them and also presented it as the same opportunity as far as, um, you know, as far as, Hey, look, this is a co-marketing opportunity. You don't pay anything for it. Just provide us access. We're br uh, shedding more light on your brand. Uh, you know, we'll definitely mention you as the builder, put you in the description. And now, we run the risk of people could go around our back or behind our back, so to speak, and contact them directly. But again, that's a risk we're willing to take because ultimately what we want in the beginning is the content. And what's really cool, I'll probably have a room on this next week about this, but you know, we, 
just uh, the channel's not even 60 days old, the luxury channel. And we already got a four and a half million dollar buyer from that channel. And, and so it's just, it's made everything completely worth it. And once we lock that in, um, we should have everything finalized by Friday. And once that's locked in, it basically solidifies the channel. You know, it gives it concrete, it gives it legs, it gives it everything we need to be able to approach the next person and the next person, uh, because that's, and that person is building a custom home with one of the builders we featured on the channel. And so that direct exposure now, you know, sets that story in concrete and allows us to, you know, expand and, and I think make more progress with other builders. So that's cool. So Lindsay, um, you jumped in here and if anybody else has any questions, one comes up, uh, want to come up on stage, ask, uh, Mr. Andy G our special guest today. If you have any questions about YouTube, or Instagram as well. And I, that's another question I want to come up here in a minute, Andy, um, the differences you've seen between Instagram and YouTube. But let me get to Lindsay real quick here. She's been very patient. Lindsay, would you like to introduce yourself? And then do you have a question, comment or comment? Hi, yes. Thank you guys so much for bringing me up. Uh, my name is Lindsay Boosinger. I'm a realtor in Ohio. And I wanted to ask if you guys had any specific like tips to gain followers because I'm big into video, but this year, like my goal was to really beef up my YouTube. I put all of my videos on there. I just have no followers. So I didn't know if you guys had anything that you could suggest for that. Andy, you get, get a, one, yeah, Andy, one. You, you get to answer all the questions first. So go for it. <laughs> all right. Well then I'll start. Um, <clears throat> There's a couple of different things that I like doing. One is collaborating with people because then they're, you're getting in front of their audience as well. And if they like you, then you now have exposure to a brand new audience. So that's one thing is just collaborating with different people. And that's why you'll see like some of my videos, <clears throat> I do it with a lot of different people, but instead of doing it as a spotlight video, it's more like here is me and a friend who's also a business owner, who's also an expert in their field. And you would like us because we're both experts. Now, another idea for building a following is doing a, a giveaway. And that was something that I did when I first was trying to really build up the YouTube channel was I, well, the last two years in it, around the holidays, I did a giveaway for an iPad and I had people on Instagram sharing it, putting it on their story, linking to my YouTube channel and made sure that, um, it was a way that people could continue to post. So like. I had people putting stories of my post with the, the giveaway. And then one of the things they had to do was subscribe to my YouTube channel in order to be entered. And so that, that really helped build up the subscribers, you know, a little quickly. The, the last thing that can help is I have this like little thing. Uh, it's like a note. Where basically, if you have your videos, if you don't have a, if they're not subscribing to you, you can basically, if you send someone a video link, you can, at the end of the, uh, the link, you can basically put in like the question mark, sub underscore confirmation equals one. And I don't know if there's a way to write that down somewhere, but again, it's the question mark, sub SUB underscore confirmation equals one and apparently <clears throat> what that does 
is basically when someone clicks on your video, like if you send it to people or if you post on Instagram, like a nice blast of a video, if you add that, then if people are not subscribed to you, to your channel, it will essentially make them subscribe to your channel before they can even watch the video. So there's the dirty little secret right there. <laughs> Could you give it one more time? I couldn't put a, pull up my notepad quick enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get that as I'm getting ready to run out the door. Uh, question mark, sub, so S-U-B, underscore, confirmation, equals one, like the equal sign, one. And the, that's just the number one. <clears throat> Now, I would Google how to actually set that up and do that. But basically, to me, it was like, all I had to do when I posted the video is, um, there you go. I think that's it. But basically, you can add that to the hyperlink when you like post a video on Instagram or if you post a video on Facebook or something like that. Like You can add that at the end. And then when people click on it, if they're not subscribed to you, it'll almost, it'll prompt them to subscribe to you before they can watch the video. Thanks, Andy. So, yeah, so um, the, uh, what I would throw out there as well, in addition is, Lindsay, is, is be very intentional in your videos about asking for the subscription, but also helping people understand what is the value they're going to receive when they subscribe to your channel. So for instance, I mean, this is something that uh, I researched in the beginning before even releasing a first video, which I think has helped our subscriber count, you know, grow significantly is that we ask people uh, at the very beginning. So we have a hook intro call to action and then video content. And so uh, that call to action is, you know, Hey, if you want to know everything there is about living in Dallas, Texas, then subscribe below tap the bell for notifications so you can be the first to learn about the current market in Dallas. So what I'm doing is what you'll see on a lot of videos um, where most people say, well, hey, subscribe below or tap the bell so you can be notified every time I release a new video. Well, to me, that doesn't really tell me anything. Like, I, you know, if somebody comes to the channel first and, and maybe they just find a video on their own and they don't know exactly, they know, okay, this is about a suburb or a neighborhood, but they're not sure maybe uh, I could be a vlogger, a blogger, a travel person, anything like that. So whenever I say that, I'm giving them direct value and the reason why they subscribe. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with them. So if this is your first time to the channel and you want to know everything there is about living in Dallas, Texas, subscribe below, tap the bell for notifications so you can be the first to learn about the current market in Dallas. And what we find is that that's that tells people, oh, I do want to know about the current market in Dallas because that's where I'm thinking about moving to. And I want to find out more information about living in Dallas. So this channel is for me. Nowhere in there did I say, um, you know, I'm a real estate agent. And if you need to buy, sell or invest or, you know, anything like that, it's all 100 percent value driven. And so I would be very intentional in your videos about asking you know, for people to subscribe, but also helping them understand what is the true value and why are they subscribing in the first place and what will they get? Does that help out? Yes, I love all of that. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Matt, would you like to chime in on that? Any uh, tricks up your sleeve? Nope. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I think if you don't ask, you never receive, right? And and I think just it takes a while to kind of get that mentality going and to put it into, you know, whether you're super scripted or not. Um, because I know for for the longest time, I didn't even ask. And now it's become second nature. Um, and, and I think your point about, you know, pointing them to, you know, if, if this is something you're interested in and then putting the call to action, I think is really, really important because, you know, you can go about it a couple different ways in terms of, you know, getting a subscriber. And Andy, I appreciate you dropping that tip because I just started Googling it and I came up with this Medium article. I'm like, this is genius. Um, and, and I think, you know, we always kind of find what we're looking for. I don't think that, um, you know, there's, there's a ton of people out there that are, that are thinking in this way, but it's just like anything else. If you're on a listing appointment and you don't ask for the listing, if you don't close, you're never, ever going to get it, you know? Um, so now I love, love the insight. Yeah, that's great. All right. So Lindsay, does that answer your question? Can we uh, need any more clarification or shall we move on? No, that was perfect. Thank you. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Joe, what's up, my man, Joe? How you doing? Hey, Levi gang. Good morning, rock stars. Joe, good you out here in LA. Uh, special thanks to Matt for bringing me up. Um, definitely all in on YouTube this year. My, my main focus, going for that five posts a week, struggling, but the intention is there. Um, happy to learn and share what I can. Back to you. All right, awesome. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, before we get to Jim, Andy, I wanted to ask you real quick. So have you seen a, a main differentiation between YouTube clients and, and Instagram clients? And have you uh, have you tracked all of this? Have you really divided up? Hey, I, I've got, you know, last year, 2021, I got, you know, 20 calls from YouTube, 20 calls from Instagram. I closed, you know, five deals from YouTube. I closed three deals from Instagram. Did you break any of that down or did you analyze that? Not sure if you're an analytical person or not. Did you kind of look at the numbers? Did you see a big difference or is everybody just lumped into the same category whenever they reach out to you? Is your contact information the same on both platforms? Uh, could you kind of help us understand that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, I am pretty analytical, but I'm also now driving to a showing, so I don't have those numbers right in front of me, <laughs> but, um, what I've noticed is the YouTube people are usually a little bit older because they're watching, they're searching for things in Charlotte. And so then when they see some videos and they like these videos, they reach out via email. And so usually I'll get someone who will basically register on my website and then shoot me an email. And then I just like to ask people where they come from instead of having different phone numbers and emails and things for all these different things. I prefer to just have one, email, one phone number, like that kind of thing. And then I just ask them where they found me. And typically YouTube is going to be a little bit older and from out of state. And so, whereas a lot of the Instagram people are people who are in Charlotte and they're watching me, you know, go out for drinks every day or go out to this dinner or uh, going on showings or whatever it is, they're watching me all the time, but they're local. And then <clears throat> YouTube is typically the people who are searching a little bit more for stuff in Charlotte and trying to do their research. And then they find my videos. Like one of the most fun deals that I did was last summer. I had a guy who sent me an email. He's from Guadalajara in Mexico. 
and was like, hey, man, I stumbled across your videos. My wife and I want to buy a house in the States. We want to buy in Charlotte. Uh, and we want to use you. Can we hop on a phone call tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, sure. That was on Monday. Hopped on a call on Tuesday. On Thursday, a house went for sale. Went to see it on Friday. Had it under contract by Sunday. It was a half a million dollar house. So within a week, I took a YouTube cold lead and got him under contract. And now I've introduced him to a couple of friends. And they've got a couple of really good friends here in Charlotte and who are all clients of mine and it's like we've got this big happy family and that came from youtube and there's a handful of different opportunities that have come from youtube but then also for me the big piece is i can stand in a seller's house on a listing pitch and tell and i can guarantee them that i can get more views on their home than anyone else in the city could and that's powerful and that's where to me you know you can obviously show your numbers on Instagram, but Instagram is definitely a little bit harder to boost those up. Um, whereas with YouTube, there are a lot of opportunities to try and boost numbers and boost engagement and boost the view count and whatnot. And so that's where to me, it's, I learned this line from um, one of Ryan Serhan's people, actually, he basically said, he's like, when you're standing there talking to those sellers, you tell them you, that you will get them in front of people that no one else in the city can get them in front of. And there's a lot of power to that. And so that's where, to me, YouTube, it's just a little bit more widely known as well across all generations. Most people know YouTube, but like some of my older clients, you know, they're not on Instagram. So they don't really care. So that's been one of the big differences is just like the type of clientele that I'm pulling in from there. And especially for a city like Charlotte, where a lot of people are moving to the city, it's important to be on YouTube because those people who are moving to a new city are doing their research. And when they're doing their research, you want to make sure that you're showing up on their searches. Yeah, great insight there. Appreciate that. So, all right, Jim, my man, how are you? Would you like to briefly introduce yourself? And then do you have a question or comment you'd like to throw out there? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Jim Kittredge, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, very active investor here. Andy, what's up, man? You actually, I think, put an offer in on one of my flips recently in Cornelius. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you. Um, yeah, I'm just here. Yeah, I'm curious. I've thought about starting a, you know, another real estate investment YouTube channel. Uh, I'm curious to think if you guys uh, think there's a opportunity for that, or it's overdone and saturated at this point. Sorry, I got a phone call. I totally missed the question. Sorry, Jim. You're also, I probably did offer. Oh, yeah, we did meet. Um, it was the mid-century modern kind of yep. one up in. Yeah, Cornelius. that one in Cornelius. Yeah, on Pine Ridge. That was I think. a good home. Yep. Yeah, that was a fun one. I had a lot of people interested in that house. <laughs> and I'd imagine you did very well on that one. Yeah, did pretty well on it. It was fun. What was the question again? Sorry, I got a phone call no you're good yeah the question was like i've thought about starting like another youtube channel on real estate investing but i feel like there's a lot of them out there i'd be just curious to hear y'all's thoughts if you think it's like worth doing or if it's saturated at this point or i would start by saying i wouldn't worry about saturation because that was one question again i keep falling back on my meetings that i've had with ryan serhan and literally i asked him that i was like this video crew that I use is getting hired by every agent in this in Charlotte. So how can I make sure that I stand out? He goes, just keep doing it. And they will fall off 
And if you just keep going and you out endure them and you have more endurance and more persistence, then you'll be fine. And that's where I would almost say, if you find a way that you like to do those videos, like if you like putting up certain types of videos or you figure out a way that like is relatively scalable, um, then it's like, who cares what other people are doing? Because people will like your personality. And that's where to me, like, I feel like, the personality can kind of shine on the videos more so than all of the knowledge and expertise that I have to put out there. But, um, I would say to think about something that, so the big thing when I was thinking about what to do for my videos is I wanted to do something that was repeatable. And that's why I like doing those zip codes or the different areas, because if I ever am doing a brainstorming call, and I can't think of like people to collaborate with, or I don't have a cool new listing or something like that. We sit there and go, okay, well, what can we do? And we fall back on just, let's just pick a new area of town to go highlight. And that's where for you, it's like, you could easily just be like, all right, well, if I don't have anything totally special or wild, like maybe you just do like a, a time lapse of some sort of renovation project that you're working on or different stages. Maybe that's what you do where, you you film a little bit when you buy you film a little bit on demo day you film a little bit on some of the big uh the big days where you're getting the cabinets and countertops put in or floors going in and then you can film like the final product and it's like something like that you don't even have to think about and it doesn't have to necessarily be specialized but every time you get a new flip you're like okay here we go here's another video let's go I love it. Are you guys doing like professional uh, videographers for your stuff? Or are you guys doing like, you know, holding your own camera type deal? I use professional. I know I uses his phone. I mean, I think either one could work for anyone. Um, I mean, for what you're doing too, you could easily put a camera out and just film some stuff while you're going around the house or take a gimbal and walk around with it. But there is some, I think there's added value to having a professional because they, they know exactly what they're doing, but I'll let Levi chip in on that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, whatever's right for you, I, you know, if, if there's a smaller budget in the beginning, you, know, you can film everything with an iPhone, at least with an 11 pro or above, I would use the wide angle lens. And, and so that just, I mean, and the quality of the video, I mean, everybody asks me all the time, what do you use? What do you film with? And whenever I tell them an iPhone, they're completely blown away just because it's that good. So you can get away with that. But yeah, I want to go back to saturation as well. It's just not going to happen on YouTube. Uh, Pretty much Andy mentioned, you know, personality. And I'll ask you this, you know, every year does HGTV say, well, I think, uh, HGTV is saturated with real estate shows. We probably shouldn't add another one. Or do you see a new real estate show pop up on HGTV every single year? When's the last time they actually put out a garden show? It's really just the, you know, uh, the home TV show really is what it's all real estate shows. And every time you go on there, there's a new one. But ultimately, just like everybody in this room, if you do watch TV, I know nobody in here watches TV because you don't have time for it. But if you do, you probably watch Million Dollar Listing. You watch Fixer Upper. You watch Fixer Flop. You, even if you don't want to admit it, maybe you watch Selling Sunset. But 
you know, ultimately if I asked everybody in here, what real estate agent would you choose? Everybody would have a different answer. Everybody would say one person, Andy would be like, I want to, I'd work with Ryan Serhan. Somebody may say Josh Altman. Another one may say Josh flags. Another one say, I want to work with Chip and Joanna. So even though we may consume all the content or all the different channels, you know, you, you probably connect mainly with one agent that you would work with if you had that situation same thing on youtube i know i mean youtube directly tells us in the analytics it tells you the top 15 channels that your audience watches and guess what mine are all real estate channels and and, and 12 of the 15 are in dallas and i'm probably responsible for eight of those that have popped up in the last year because you know they see what we're doing and so they've popped up and so um you know the thing is is that i don't know who doesn't call us because we don't chase anybody down right? We don't pursue anybody. So we only work with the people that call us. And whenever they call us, they've already made that decision that they want to work with us. So that means out of all the other channels they've watched, they decided, hey, you know, Levi and the team, that's our person. But if they decide one of the other channels is their person, well, then, <laughs> you know, I don't know about it. You know, I just, I never know. So all I know is that we have more business than, uh, than we, I mean, we have plenty of business. I won't say more than we need. <laughs> we have plenty of business. So, um, that, that's the good thing about it. And investment channels, I think there's fewer investment channels right now. Nobody's really documenting or walking through, you know, the flipping process and things like that. And ultimately, you see that's almost what all the channels are on HGTV. They're almost all flipping style, you know, um, before and after types of videos, but I don't see those going on really a lot at, at all whatsoever. Um, there is one, I think the probably one of the best ones is in, in Austin and I can't think of their name right now. I'm subscribed to their channel because they really do great content. Austin Flipsters. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So that would, to me, that would be the model, you know, that would be the model of what you would look to. They have great thumbnails and you see, they get a ton of you. I mean, I think they're up to what, 250,000 subs and you know, there's a billion, what a billion or 2 billion views per day on YouTube. You know, I mean, you can drastically change your business, uh, with, 500 subscribers if that doesn't matter it just depends on what is your goal you're trying to accomplish um you know what do you want out of it and then you know that's that's really the main thing you want to keep an eye on is what is the main goal of the channel if it's really just to showcase your work or to build your brand then you're really not worried about anything else if it's to try to find a specific buyer for your that property you're flipping well I, I don't, it doesn't sound like you have a problem. And according to Andy, it sounds like you do good work as well. So it doesn't seem, and the market's hot enough on top of that, you know, you don't necessarily, you may not need it to find your exact buyer, but if you want to build a brand and establish a channel, uh, I think there's definitely room for that. And even if there was 10 other channels in your backyard, it, you know, there's only one gym and ultimately that's what people are drawn to. That's the you and YouTube. So the you and YouTube is, is the viewer but it's also the creator and every creator has their own unique personality. And that's, that's people resonate like attracts like that's the other great thing, at least for us in the real estate business, we have the opportunity to work with our audience and not, not a lot of YouTubers get that opportunity to directly interact with their audience or to uh, buy or sell a certain product or service the way we do. But what we found is that like attracts like, 
all of our clients that we work with are pretty much exactly like us, you know, uh, you know, so we don't, we don't work with any nightmare clients, so to speak, uh, just because they get it, you know, they get it. Plus they, they're right in line with our personalities. We have good times. I mean, they're, uh, you know, we share the same values and, uh, you know, even though we don't really talk a lot about that stuff, you know, a lot, they can tell people understand. And so that I think they just get a sense and, and that's who they want to work with. So, um, which is also why, you know, we, we're including different, um, agents on the channel now because we want to open it up even more. And because we know not everybody may not resonate with myself or Andy. And so like, we want to open it up to some other personalities on there in addition to, you know, possibly attract more business. So does that help out Jim? Yeah, I love it. I appreciate the advice and feedback. And I think the HGTV comment is spot on and it just shows that, yeah, there's a unlimited market for that kind of stuff. So I appreciate it. Cool. All right. Well, we're coming up right on uh, the last five minutes or so of the room. Uh, Mr. Andy G, would you like to, you know, a lot of people in here are just starting out or just getting started or haven't started yet. They're thinking about starting. So, the old infamous question of knowing what you know now versus what you didn't know back then, you know, if you were starting a second channel today and, and you have all this knowledge and everything else, what are like one or two really kind of key things that, you know, um, maybe you didn't know in the beginning or you would do differently or what would be something and keep this in terms as far as, you know, again, we have people that haven't started or want to start or just starting in their channel? What are like one or two key things you would probably really um, want people to pay attention to in the beginning of their journey? Uh, one of the first things I would say that a lot of people get caught up in with video is analysis paralysis. And so sometimes we get so caught up trying to make sure the cover photo is perfect and make sure the scripting is perfect and make sure the audio is perfect and make sure this is perfect and that's perfect. And then all of a sudden you end up never actually doing the video. And so, um, one thing that really helped me getting started was basically because I was paying so much money for the videos. Um, I essentially had a built in accountability partner for it. And that's where like one of the biggest things I think is just getting started and then tweaking things as you go. And so, when you get started with this stuff, like it's not going to be perfect. I still don't even think my stuff's perfect. Now there's still a lot of stuff that I want to fix and grow from, but it's like when we first started, I mean, we just had to start somewhere and I didn't have cover photos. We didn't have professional pictures that we would use for cover photos. Like we didn't have any of this kind of stuff. And so really just getting going is the biggest thing. Um, and not getting caught up in analysis paralysis. And I would also say that, you know, if you don't want to, like for me, one of the biggest hesitations I had with getting started with video was the expense of it. Um, and again, I got kind of lucky because of one of my friends being involved, but what I was doing before that was just taking handheld videos and just taking them at every open house and saying, Hey, I'm going to be here tomorrow. Hey, I'm going to be here later today. Hey, I'm here right now. And just putting out content and I also, I started off a little too ambitiously. Like I really wanted to just blow the doors off with video and it, it almost like I almost burned out immediately on the video stuff. And so then what I did was I kind of scaled it back a little bit 
to make it more sustainable. And so telling myself, okay, I'm going to post one, one video a week and that's sustainable because then it's like, if I get caught up in something, I can post a little bit later or maybe the next day, but at least I can, I can like catch myself before I completely fall, like before the train falls off the tracks. And then once I got comfortable with that and that became a habit, then it was like, okay, I'm going to ramp this up to two videos a week. And that's where I'm at right now, like two videos a week. And sometimes a post in between those. And, um, the next phase will be three videos a week, but like it's sustainable. And if something happens or if I just can't get to it, I mean, the video I posted today was literally supposed to get posted yesterday, but it doesn't matter. And I'm not going to sweat over it or lose any sleep over it just because I knew that if I didn't post it yesterday, I'll post it today and I'll still be able to get my video up on Thursday too. So I'd say the biggest thing is just getting started somehow. And it's not going to be perfect. But what happens is when you start somewhere, you can start to find the holes and then you can start closing those. And that's when you start really ramping up your channel, your video production, all those kinds of things. Because it's easier to add on to stuff as you go. Out of curiosity, if you're open to share and if like someone were to interested in doing video and getting like a professional or I don't know what you call, I guess professional, uh, how much should they like budget to do something like this? It looks like thousands of dollars a month, 5,000, 10,000 a month. Like what, what kind of budget would you recommend? So a lot of them are around, I think like a thousand dollars a video. Typically it depends on what you want to do. Um, the, the monthly stuff, like what I'm doing, I want to say is roughly around like 4,000 a month. And so that's where it, you really need to be committed um, because it's going to be a hefty expense. But some of the newer shops, like you're not going to have as intense of a fee getting going. Got it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Let me know when uh, the video, video of that flip is up. Production crew. <laughs> I don't know if you shot video there, but it'd be cool to see. Yeah, no, I definitely will. And uh, as much as as much fun as this has been, I think uh, I may have to go. I think I'm getting pulled over right now. So this has been a lot of fun. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. And <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> see you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Keep your hands on the wheel. Bye, yeah. All right, great. So, um, yeah, just to cap off on that, we'll end this uh, in this room. But I, yeah, guys, that's a that's a lot, you know. And that is, I understand that's not the budget that everybody can handle. And so, you can find somebody to edit videos. An editor is different from a videographer. A videographer is, you know, tends to shoot and to edit, and also to help tell a story, to help, um, you know executive produce it's kind of a little bit of everything right so their time is definitely worth a lot more an editor is really just kind of piecing things together uh, guys we didn't hire a videographer until a uh, you know pretty much a year into the journey and everything i did you can find somebody to edit videos i've seen as low as 20 dollars a video up to 100 or 125 a video now again you get what you pay for so think about that you could do four videos a month and end up paying, let's just say, $100 a video, that's $400, $400 a month versus $4,000 a month. But that's also shooting it yourself, which I did, and I still do to this day on our main channel. I still do selfie style, 
uh, iPhone, and that's it. I mean, it's that simple. And so we still have an editor piece that stuff together. And so, uh, you know, that's it. you just have to determine where you're at. Don't let budget get in the way. There is a, there is a way to figure that out. And so, um, but yeah, videographers are a big expense. Just depends on the level of production and the budget you have. But yeah, I mean, if you come out of the gate with that, I mean, it's, but also, you know, it, you got to practice. It does take a little practice to get familiar and get, uh, or you get, uh, you know, comfortable on camera. You could say it was something that even, you know, for myself, I was so used to selling in person all the time, you know, um, talking to somebody that that's where I had to make the adjustment was learning how to have a conversation with the camera and seeing the viewer on the other side of that camera versus, you know, just staring at the camera. So anyways, uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, and appreciate it. We'll see you back next week and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in partnering with us to access our YouTube course and coaching all for free, schedule a call at fivestarstrategycall.com.